Hello and welcome to New Philadelphia Ministries Morning Word Podcast, Thursday edition with your co-hosts Kay and Stephanie. Get ready as they break down the gospel and discuss Christian living. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Morning Word Podcast. We are your hosts, Kay, myself, and my friend, Stephanie Williams. Hello, hello. So, you know, I've been thinking, which tends to be problematic at times, (laughs) but other times it produces really good rhetorical questions. So I've got a rhetorical question for all our friends out in podcast land. What are we doing to prepare the way of the Lord for today? Wow. I know it's heavy. It's heavy. Normally I come through with the bing, but no, we're all about the Salah this week. We're all about the sit and ponder. In fact, it was uh, a leadership meeting and pastor said, what's the Lord saying to you, Kay? And friend, when I tell you that it was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lord, I was paying attention. Why couldn't I? But I'm all about the thinking. And that's okay. So, friends, sometimes it happens where you just have to ponder a thing Mm -hmm. and let it marinate and let it be a real response and not a reaction. That's true. That's very true. Sometimes we're like, I have the answer, and we just want to say it. And no, think about it. Mm -hmm. Think Mm -hmm. about it first. Think about it. So, I've been walking in that. I've been, I've been. Being comfortable, being uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what? That lends something, uh, and I know this is a, this is a sidebar. Um, when we when we talk about our prayers and talking to God, and that it's a dialogue, that uncomfortable where you're waiting for Him to answer mm-hmm. back or to talk back, um, we got to learn how to get comfortable with that. I agree. Even in I think talking with you know people right in front of you, like you know. Doesn't Maybe always that. warrant a quick response. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that could be awkward <laughs> now that I think about it. But still, I Kay, think you hear me talking to you? <laughs> like Salah. <laughs> <laughs> so keep the prayer part. Maybe take what I just said with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was some there was some meat there. Okay. Okay, we digress. We're back but, on track. Okay, preparing the way of the Lord. That's that's where my head is at, friends. This week, we are talking about what does true repentance look like? What does it look like when a person is, is, is truly trying to, and I don't even want to say trying to, because I've been learning in my studies that my efforts don't have anything to do with it. It's all about what Christ has done. So what does it look like when a person has decided to turn away from what they know, from what they have done, what they are comfortable doing, what their source has been, and they decide to behold Jesus and all his beauty and all his majesty and all his holiness and all his grace and all his giftings. Mm. What does true repentance look like? And so um, I've been thinking about this in a couple different places because um, I'm in a, a part of another Bible study, uh, Bible study fellowship, where we're looking at the back book of Matthew. Um, but I've also been prayerful about 
what God would have me do in the context of discipleship ministry and, and young women. So this is this has been, you know, this isn't a pop up podcast. This is one that's been marinating a while. So I hope it all flows out because mm. I've had a lot of time to really sit with this and I've been prayerful about this. And so it might come out in like a, a three, four part series because these are okay, deep with thoughts. the series. <laughs> I just say, let the word do the work, as they say. There we go. And that's that's what we shall do this evening. So let us go before the Lord, before we jump in our scriptures. Heavenly Father, I just give you thanks right now for, Father, dealing with my heart, for allowing me to not just come on these airways to to speak and, and to be heard, but Father God, to really give the overflow uh, of my heart and my time with you, Father God. And as you give me this picture, Father God, of true repentance, just let it be an example, a personal example, that we keep a heart of flesh before you, God, that we never grow too comfortable mm. in, in our successes, that we never grow too comfortable in our habits and in our patterns, that we forget that our walk with you is the one that you called us to. It was designed by you. It was your thought that you would have man to be made in your likeness and in your image. It was your thought that you would give your son to die for us on the cross, that we could live close to you. It was your thought that you would send the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us, to help us to, to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So Father God, we seek you first. We seek your answers. We seek your ways. Mm. We don't design, desire to design and, and create anything, but we desire to discover the will that you have for us, the purposes that you have for us and the plans. Father God, as we walk through true repentance, let us be encouraged that it is your joy to receive us, that your love we don't know the height, the depth, the, the breadth. We, we, ha we cannot behold it all. So while we may be praying for more courage or we might be praying for more of your mercy and more of your grace, Father God, what it really might be is we just want to see more of your love and see more of your character as it relates to us and, and, and who we are, your children. Father God, as we talk and, and we share these nuggets and these truths from your word, I just pray that you... Father God, confirm these words with signs and wonders in the lives of your children, those that are listening. Draw them close to you, Father God, because you are near. And I just pray that you be with us even now in the midst uh, of this room, um, that you give us the boldness to speak uh, with truth and love and accuracy. So it's in Jesus' name that I pray this prayer. Amen. I felt myself going off into a, um, a whole little... <laughs> I said, this prayer is everything. <laughs> Yes, Lord. Amen. Oh my gosh. Is that what Salah gets you? We might have to soak a little more. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I'm me ready. Too, me go. Too. Let's, Let's get go. started. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Okay. So there's there's this connection. And, and Stephanie, you jump in wherever you feel free. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm sensing that as we talk about within the ministry, we are preparing for I think a new season like we are saying hey it's not about us it's about you know God's mission and God's mission is telling us that we need these seven churches like not 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 10 years from now but like yesterday mm -hmm. and so I, I don't know about you but I sense this urgency and I sense this change that mm -hmm. pastors like I'm backing up and I'm I'm, I'm preparing you guys mm -hmm. to really come to the forefront and 
it it's not it's not taking me by surprise because he's told us what his mm-hmm. plans were. He's been, you know, preparing us little by little for this. But like, I don't know about you, but it's just like, oh, you for real, for real. Right. <laughs> um, as you say that, I think um, I think it just dawned on me. It's been almost like these past seven years or seven, eight years. We've been kind of in the incubation stage mm-hmm. or um, the gestation stage or whatnot. And we are at a point now. It's he's it's God is about to birth something new. Yeah. And I, I do believe all of the preparation, all of the things that he's allowed us to go through, all of the things that he's allowed us to experience has brought us to a point to where now you are prepared. It is no longer that you're sitting and being fed. It's no longer that um, we are just inward ministry. Come it is now time to go out. Yeah, he has prepared us. God has God has invested a lot in this ministry. Oh yeah, and now it's time. It is time. And I I think what's getting what's got us excited is because we're actually seeing like oh wait it's happening oh wait. <laughs> We're doing this. God is God is really doing this through us. And um, but I'm glad you um, I'm glad that God placed this on your heart, because I think this is going to, to be the defining thing that takes us and continues to propel us forward in doing what God would have us to do, because we do have to remain with a repentant heart and we do have to stay focused on God and be tender as your uh, as your prayer said, our, our hearts have to remain um just tender and malleable mm-hmm. and sensitive to God and what his truth says. So this is right on time because yes, he is birthing something new, but we've got to stay connected and under his will. So as uh, our leader starts to uh, back up, not leave us, but turn some things over to us. What is expected is that everyone rises up, not Mm -hmm. just leadership, but fellowship from, from the front door to the back door, from the pew to the usher, like everybody, you know? So with that, this, this image comes to mind of not a dependent church, but, and not even an independent church, because we've come to, to look at independence as, um, this, this, this thing that gets us in trouble. We, we, we've come to Mm. realize that independence is where we, we have, turned our our eyes away from God and put it on our skill sets and our abilities and how we can walk this thing out, be better, try harder. So what we want to use in this podcast, I think we'll use the term interdependent Mm -hmm. because that implies that we are going to grow up, not forever be babes on milk, but grow up into the meat of some spiritual things, but at the same time, be in a vulnerable position to where we are coached, we are discipled, we are guided by the spirit and by those with wisdom around us to help us get to where we are trying to go. And that doesn't look like just one person being accountable that looks like a whole body of us right so if that's you know what God wants because I don't believe church as we know it is what was happening back in Acts I don't believe that people just came and sat down and there was like 
a praise team that worshiped for us. I don't believe there was like this, this, this get here at 1130 because I know church started 11 and that whole thing that. OK, I'm 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 digressing. Let me let me let me back up off some toes a little bit. What I'm saying is that our interdependent church are the culture that we're trying to create here at New Philadelphia, where everyone is reaching one and discipling one requires that we really get this transformational discipleship in our hearts. It really requires mm-hmm. that we look long and hard in the mirror at where we are obeying and where we're being rebellious and figure it out <laughs> because all of us, all of us are, are accountable. Mm-hmm. And if there's one person in the family that is not doing, is not um, holding themselves accountable is, 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 not um, trying to live by the truth of God's word and 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 uh, live a righteous life and and do what God has called us collectively to do as a ministry, then it's going to um, hinder the ministry. Yeah. Just as there was sin in the camp with Achan, come on, and God was not pleased. So it we are at a point where it is. God's work is too important for us to say, well, yeah, this person isn't quite, you know, there. So we'll just excuse that. No, we've got to, we've got to help. We've got to support. We've got, and I think you're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, But we've got to really help each other to, 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 to get to a place and a stay in a place of um, willful, willful submission. And like you said, that dependence right. on God and not that independence. When you right. were talking about independence, I was like, that's a curse word now in Christianity. <laughs> the more we've talked about independence, yes. that's like a curse word it in Christianity. Banned. It's it is banned. banned. Yes. And I just to paint another picture in the natural, we have spent million, probably billions of dollars in our school systems targeting the lowest achieving students and We've spent millions. I've seen reports where in Pinellas County, millions of dollars paid to consultants to come in and tell us that these children are failing. And these are all the details of, you know, where they live, what their parents do, uh, how much money these these. But in the in the in the spirit, when we talk about those people who are the enemy is just whooping their butts. The, the, the enemy is just all over them. If we paid a consultant to come in to to our ministry or maybe not even our ministry, just if we're, you know, being imaginative, the body of Christ and to look at that 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 percentage or or that group, that subgroup of believers who are just being whooped. I wonder of that group, how many of them are just like. On the outside, singing in choirs, like ushering, maybe even preaching from the pulpit. Hmm. Like, what does that group really look like? And, you know, when I thought about that, I was like, man, it's 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 really scary in a way, because 
it's all of us at some points Mm -hmm. because there are seasons to this Mm -hmm. thing. You know, nobody's just good. You know, you never get to the point where you've leadered up enough to where you're beyond a dry season or beyond a, a trial or tribulation that rocks you to your core. But you say that I responded. I, I, I can raise my hand and say I had that moment yesterday where I reacted versus responding the way that God would have me to respond. Um, and just talking to God and repenting. Um, one of the things that God uh, that. um Pastor Matthew said in his message the other day was that repentance um, when it's truly you're hurt by what God felt like it grieves you because God is grieved, not because you're hurt or scared of the consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really having those kind of conversations with God, you know, yesterday and last night because it was and, and this morning because it was like, I cannot believe I allowed someone else to take me out of um, and keep in mind, cause I want to be clear, mm-hmm. not that there was profanity, right? but it just still wasn't a response that was very, you know, like I just had reached my boiling point and I did not respond well. Right. Um, to the point where I sent a person home. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a setback. And then the, and then having to go to God and say, Hey, uh, God, Father, Abba. Come on. Yeah. She said, Daddy, I need you. Daddy, I need you. I didn't do well today. Um, And you know it and I know it. It hurts. And it hurts not because I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get this or that or the other. I didn't represent you well. Come on. I Bottom line, I was not a good witness for you yesterday. There was no love. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, that that hurt. That That's, hurt. And not that I'm I can say that, you know, I'm I'm learning to really look at it from that perspective. I'm learning and wanting to to do more and not be like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of what what's gonna happen versus, oh my goodness, this is what I did to my father. Ooh. And all of us have to, we have to get to that level when we see that sin or when we do something. This is what I did to my father. Come on. I was reading something earlier and it, talk, it talked about that intimacy between um, Jesus and the intimacy between God. And when he talks about having that childlike faith mm. and those that will come to him will have to have that, that child because it, it was really still t- referencing the, the father son relation intimate relationship yeah and our relationship with our father we have to stop looking at it as if it's this distant thing right we have to see it as that same intimacy the way jesus saw it with his father and so when there was um when there was uh when we we have those moments where either we've done something outside of um, we can quickly come back with a sincere heart and repent because we know that we've hurt our father. Just like if you know how your father would have, your father was disappointed if you Oof. missed curfew or did something, or, you know, if you were that person that, that the kid that got all the A's and all of a sudden you just had this rebellious semester and it didn't work out that way. You know, you know how it, it hurt. Yes. Now, Grand scheme of things, those are small and compared, but that you know how it felt to uh, to disappoint your dad. That's what, it is. and that's how we have to have that same kind of 
of heart. And so in turn, let that transform us into uh, as Jesus was. I have to be about my father's business. There's no deviating from what my what the will of my father is because it's, it means that much to me. It's that important to me not to grieve my father. Mm-hmm. And we all have to get and help each other get to that point. I don't know where we're in this, but sorry. Kate. Listen, you set me up wonderfully okay. sis, because the perfect person to biblically walk out what you just shared with us, your testimony is David and Psalm 51 and his heart is just poured out on the page. We have no better model for mm-hmm. true repentance than these verses, friends. And these verses don't have anything to do with the sin. It has everything to do with his heart. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. And that's what really was the aha moment for me Mm -hmm. in my thoughts is that when we fall down in one area, we quickly go to, oh, Lord, you know, if if, if it's sexual sin, I, 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 you know. I just want to abstain. I, I, I don't want to, you know, just block my eyes from everything, everything that might tempt me. And, and um, you immediately go into like this mm-hmm. crisis mode of what it is that you did, mm-hmm. not paying attention Mm-mm. to your heart. Mm-mm. And then this is our fallback. And I'm glad it's this scripture because this is, and I'm glad the way you're talking about it, because there is so much in this scripture before we even get to those famous words. Mm-hmm. But as you were speaking, you know, we get to, you know, block, blot this out, help me do this, don't do that. And we immediately go to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. And I always um, encourage people, look at what David says before that. Because mm-hmm. he's he's talking, leading up to that. It, what he's saying, leading up to that, mm-hmm. is some pretty heavy stuff. Oh, yeah. He didn't leave not a stone unturned, friends. He did, he did the work, mm-hmm. as they like to say in therapy. Well, I've never been, but anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Psalm 51 I'm gonna read it be gracious to me God according to your faithful love according to your abundant compassion blot out my rebellion wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin Now, you might say, okay, okay, he was just being repetitive. He wanted to show he was sorry. But in the Hebrew, David used three different words to talk about how he offended God, how he how he transgressed. And those words are rebellion, guilt and sin. They are in the Hebrew, Pasha, Ava and Chata. So glad you had to say those. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it was coming. And in each one of those, it's, it's, it's giving us this picture of how deep our sin really goes. Like we think it's just a, I can excuse it. I can, I can call it a weak moment. I can call it a mistake, uh, an accident. But no, when we go through these three words, we will see how deep it really runs. Like I read somewhere that, you know, after you've walked with the Lord a while, you know, shouldn't it be that you don't have to confess as much? I mean, shouldn't you be sinning less? No, we when you've been walking with the Lord a long time, if anything, 
his grace becomes bigger because you realize, oh, that was just the tip of the iceberg. And you're going in more levels, more levels, yes. more levels. Like, I was just apologizing at first because I got caught. And then maybe as I got more mature, I started to apologize because, oh, I could see how maybe I hurt my sister or my brother. But no, as you walk with him closely, you begin to see that, oh, that thing was deep in me. Like my motives were wrong. Mm-hmm. My, 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 even my apology was wrong mm-hmm. because I wasn't really sorry that I offended you. I was more sorry about the consequences that I had. to. <laughs> so this, 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 it gets deep. And, and through these words and, and these explanations, I feel like we are lifting him up. We are seeing a picture mm-hmm. of his holiness, but at the same time, we are seeing why we were so desperate in need of a savior like mm-hmm. him. We were just utterly lost without him. So true repentance. We're getting into it. Let's start with these three words. The first one, rebellion. I don't think I need to tell you in the Hebrew what that means. It's rebellion. <laughs> Blatant disrespect. <laughs> you... No, you know that you know, and 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 yeah, we're not gonna spend a long time on this one, friends, because we we all had a, a a young a life a testimony. Our life before Christ was full of full of rebellion. I hope it was before Christ. I hope we're not having the blatant rebellions after we had the blood applied. But listen, see, okay, this is <laughs> pause. Time out. Okay, I, I gotta get back in my time zone because I started out because right. You did, and. What cracks, oh my goodness, what just really like cracks me up and you guys can't see this and this is why there's so much laughter and I just have to apologize. I wasn't laughing at therapy. I was laughing because I'm sitting across from Kate and I, you don't see how she, she sets it up and brings it out and she chuck, you know, she tickles herself and that's what makes it funny. Um, so it wasn't about therapy per se, because I think therapy is a good thing, but it, it was it just how she just had that thought pop in the middle of her profound statement. <laughs> and it just kind of, you know, throws us off and we derail. So we, I apologize. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Stay with me. Cause you're going somewhere. Yes. All right. Stay there. Okay. okay I'm back. All right. So our rebellion, our transgression, our willful rebellion against the one we owe allegiance to, who is our God. In the context of these verses, we know that David purposefully, like there were some outs, you know, um, there, there is a way of escape mm-hmm. that, that the Lord sends along and we Get ignore off it. off the balcony. Come on. Go down. Even, even one of the servants... I think he said, you know, go get Bathsheba. And they were like, ain't she married? Mm. <laughs> tried to check him a little tried bit. Tried to. Tried to. But once we are re- in our rebellious state, we blind those. Yeah. And, and yeah. we just, we, we, we want what we want. Wash away my guilt. Now, this one, Ava, I thought was a little more complex and one that, you know, it takes a while to kind of get up out from under this one because even after the blood is applied, we still have a, a relationship, a connection to that guilt. And Ava, it means basically twisted out of shape. So the problem and, and, and the, 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 what resounds with me about being twisted out of shape is once we have our focus 
off of God, once we have created an idol, a a lowercase g, God in our life, and we are now looking at that for our comfort or looking to that for our, our provision or whatever, we have opened up our hearts to all manner and all sorts um, of, of, of sin. And I think what in these verses, as we look at David a little bit, what really um, got me was when he was looking at her, it, it noted how and just I don't know. I can't be sure chronologically when this was, but he had just prayed a prayer <laughs> in Psalm 57. Be gracious to me, God. Be gracious to me, for I take refuge in you. Now he's on a rooftop and he's looking. The lust of the eyes. And Isn't it, that how it always is? <laughs> we pour out our heart. We, we just talking to God. We ready. And we just, you know, we all in. And here comes our little old adversary. Come on. He be listening to our prayers. Right. He be knowing. And and here we go. Here we go. But we got to be ready for that. So. So what's, yeah, it's, it's getting, Ava is so deeply convicting because it gets at the motivation of our hearts mm. when we are. Asking ourselves, am I truly repentant? Then we're not just looking at blame. We're not just looking at um, the consequences. We're not just looking at um, what can I do to get myself out of this bargaining with God mm-hmm. if I do this. No, we sit and, and we have to behold that right now my heart is twisted and bent out of shape. And it won't be restored Mm -hmm. until I have placed my focus. I have placed my eyes. I have gotten back into my Mm -hmm. right position um, with him. And if we aren't feeling that, we got some work to do for real. Um, Need to feel some sort of, now we can't stay there. Um, And we do have to pray that God um, gets us to a place to where as he's cast that into the sea of forgetfulness, we can, we can do the same, but we do have to feel the hurt that we've caused God. Oh yes. We do have to feel that we gotta, we gotta stand in it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that can be tough. Absolutely. That realization of our next word, Chatha missing the mark. And this one, I think is just, it encompasses, it's like a big umbrella, everybody, because there is no one perfect. There is no one sinless. We have not been able to attain, because if we had, then we would not have needed his sacrifice. So if you have not experienced the rebellion, maybe you've not allowed yourself to feel the weight of the guilt, the ava then surely, friends, you can identify with the chatha, which is missing the mark, not being perfect. And the person that comes to mind probably the best is the rich young ruler saying to Jesus, I've done everything I can do. What am I missing? Hmm. He said, I've fulfilled the the law perfectly, or so he thought. Yet I still don't have the purpose. I still don't have the fulfillment. I still don't have the joy. I still don't have 
the eternal life. Mm -hmm. And God tells him, listen, you call me good, but there is none good but the father. And he's identifying that, hey, you see me as a a man, as a, a teacher who can give you something, but you have not come to me as Lord. You have not come to me as the king of kings, as the one who can indeed give you eternal life. And when he tells them what it takes to get there, we, like, all no, know, no. we all know the story. He leaves away sad. But I think, okay, and I'm not going to attempt to pronounce these words, but when we, I think the guilt and then the um, this last one missing the missing mark. the mark, um, kind of they go hand in hand because if we don't take a moment to to really you know put that mirror, God's word, God's truth up to us and 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 measure our lives, measure our deeds and what we've done by the word of God. And then don't have the sincere repentance of I'm, I missed the mark, basically, or I, I what I did did not line up with the word of God. If we don't have that. And, and, and I think a lot of times because people want to get to this place of I am saved, I'm leading a life of righteousness. I am I, on the outside. I look great. You know, mm-hmm. it looks like I'm walking with that we don't we want to brush past or rush past that guilt part of it and standing in um, what we did and acknowledging it before God and really repenting um, with a sincere heart. And which is why we miss the mark. And sometimes we'll end up right back where we will see this sin again. We'll see this behavior again. We'll see. We missed the mark. And I'm talking to myself right now. I'm preaching right now to myself. But if we don't stand in it, if we don't really recognize that what we did did not line up with the word of God and um, it did not please God, it hurt God, it uh, hurt our witness for God, then um, we'll see that over again because we, we our heart isn't in a place where it truly is repentant for the right reasons. Right. It's still thinking about those consequences or it's still, you know, sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry for my actions, but not, you know, I'm sorry, but, yeah, mm. you know, she might have learned that kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> those kind of that kind of attitude. And that is not pleasing to God. And so but we want to rush back to I am, you know, I look good on the outside. I'm I'm doing most of the right things. I am. You see what I mean? Right. And so. That, I think, lends itself to us missing the mark because we haven't really had that that heart. So how can we even pray um, these things and pray for God to to blot out, right? And pray for God to, if we're not even really standing in it and feeling it long enough to say, really acknowledge it. Right. Well, Um, the other part of this is that these things didn't happen in isolation. Now, David had Nathan mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit (laughs) pointing out that, hey, you have transgressed in this way. So it takes another person Mm -hmm. 99.9% of the time coming along to kind of shed a little light the light of God's word Mm -hmm. onto your situation to really make these, these 
sin occurrences, transformation opportunities. So, because right. otherwise we'll measure it to ourselves and and measure it. No, that wasn't that bad, right. kind of thing. Our right. measuring stick is wrong. Like our measurements are wrong. If we're baking a cake and we're using our measuring cup, it's gonna come out wrong. Your cake will not rise. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> so David, I mean, after, and I think about. I think I was listening to somebody explain the difference between, I think it was guilt and embarrassment. Guilt is something that, you know, you can have privately, but embarrassment takes like center stage. Mm. (laughs) Like you got to have an audience to be embarrassed. (laughs) And I think that's what transfer transformational discipleship really does to, to pour for me. I will speak, I will use I statements from this point on because I, Keisha, was doing my own little thing. I, I was saved. Um, I, I didn't have a regular church home at the time, but I was getting words from TV, <laughs> Bedside Baptist. And I was like, you know, I'm not really doing anything so wrong. I'm not hurting anybody. I am still, you know, full, fully bl- washed by the blood and, and, you know, doing whatever. But it wasn't until, I think it was my sister, maybe my mom even, until they kind of called out publicly (laughs) in front of, it could have even been at New Philadelphia when I decided to come and visit and attend a Bible study. Okay, where you worship? Where you go to church? Where you serving at, Kay? I was like, are you asking these questions in public in front of all of these people? But that is sometimes what it takes mm-hmm. to 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 really get a, a, a sense of how your sin really stinks up the nostrils mm-hmm. of, of 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 our God, and, and I think it lends that to lends itself to 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 pride and then the embarrassment thereby humility. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. So, in that sense of we're asking ourselves, how am I preparing the way of the Lord? That was the rhetorical question that started um, some of these thoughts. One-on-one on one, one on one discipleship, first of all. Um, and I, I don't think I went over this yet. I, it was the podcast before the podcast when I talked about the transformational sweet spot, what it takes to really see transformation. You got to have three things. You got to have somebody whose walk is healthy. They're spending time with the Lord. They are serving or, or doing whatever, you know, that maintains their walk and their communal time with the Holy Spirit. You have to have someone who is vulnerable. Their lid is off, meaning they are receptive to somebody pouring into them. And thirdly, the word of God, which is truth, has to be applied to that vulnerable person's heart in a way that is loving, in a way that is effective, in a way that will transform them, not show them a way to be better, try harder, uh, morally, you know, look like you have it all together, but a way to really receive the word with meekness and obey it. And as we describe 
the transformational sweet spot, and these are not my ideas. I need to give credit where credit is due. Transformational discipleship is the book that I've been reading and receiving a lot of these ideas from. Um, the the transformational sweet spot as as um, I just lost where I was going that fast. Wow. The transformational sweet spot I was describing happens in the context of these one-on-one discipleship relationships. And we see them really bring about, I think, that interdependent ministry because that is what it looks like to, to say, okay, as a leader, if I am able to make these relationships, make these connections with other people, I'm able to... I don't want to say wield the word, but accurately use the word when like mm-hmm. the, the right scripture for the right situation. I don't know the best word for that, but it, it, it's wisdom. It takes some wisdom. It takes some experience in, in the same way you have to be somewhat knowledgeable when wielding a weapon. We were talking mm-hmm. about the, the, the um, armor of God and how that offensive sword, like you don't want a novice or wait, no amateur. I was like, novice, is that the amateur one or the skilled mm-hmm. one? But no, anyway, I think, I think you're right. Okay. Okay bygones we don't want an amateur out there wielding a sword we want somebody who respects it we want somebody who's had some opportunity to to practice a little bit and so I I think about the mission trip that I went on that sort of began the tide the change of the tide for me personally and in getting more involved and getting my roots into a church home so that I can serve and bring those gifts that God has given me to fruition pastor called me out. He applied the truth of the word to a person, me, who was feeling quite vulnerable because I'm seeing how all the Lord had purpose for me, how it had been neglected for so long while I was at Bedside Baptist, (laughs) minding my business. (laughs) And before me, he's unfolding Mm -hmm. and graciously showing me, hey, I I still have this calling. I Mm -hmm. still have these gifts that you've just been, you know, sleeping on, literally. (laughs) And so in that moment when pastor who is walking in his calling and, you know, hearing the voice of God pours into me who needs to, to be poured into, here I have this opportunity to transform, to be truly repentant, Mm -hmm. to, to be godly sorrowful about, the choices I had been making up to that point. And my response was, I'm dead wrong. I need to obey. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> and preferably mo- more people and more of us, I should say, need to have that response versus when someone, and it goes back to your point of, you know, being able to rightly divide the word and, and, and use it to use our sword, uh, which is the word of God in a way that is because the word, the, the, the sword in and of itself, because that, that, you know, the word of God is what it is. You know, that double edged sword that, you know, cuts between bone and marrow. It'll do what it needs what to it, do. Yes. We don't have to add, nor should we, because the word tells us that in Deuteronomy, don't add, don't take don't away, take um, anything, um, to or from the word, but right. The scripture also tells us to rightly divide it. And that it is good for teaching. It is good for reproof. It is good, right? There's your truth. There's our truth. The word, and when we hold 
this is so this is so powerful um Kay, just what you're your what god gave you but when we hold our lives up to the 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 word of god that's why the scripture tells us to put on the belt of truth mm-hmm. and that is supposed to gird us up mm-hmm. right gird up our loins that is supposed to hold us up that belt was a stabilizer in the in the uh the the army um I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but the, 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 the soldiers, yes. they would wear the, um, the Roman soldiers would wear that, that belt. And it was like that utility belt. It holds everything, but it held everything up. It girded up their loins. It was the stabilizer. And just like, um, when we when we are outside of the word of God and we don't have where we are using the word of God to stabilize us, that's when things fall apart. That's when things come undone. That's when um, we we are out. We find ourselves outside of the will of God. And then when we make the decision that we're going to stand in our pride and not have a sincere, repentant heart then it just continues to leave us out there. They're vulnerable and it continues to create that distance between us and God because he knows our heart, right? We always say that God knows my heart. Yes, he does. It's deceitful (laughs) and desperately sick. We say this all the time, but when we, when we get down to the heart of the matter, he's looking at our heart. He's looking at our repentance. And I just want to point out, I was reading earlier and he wants to restore us. He was waiting. I was reading something today and it talked about how when the they when they went to the tomb and Jesus wasn't there and they said, go tell the disciples and Peter, because mm-hmm. remember, Peter had denied Christ yep. just as Christ had said he would. Right. Yep. And, you know, Peter, like all of us would have been he's probably feeling pretty bad at feeling that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he the word specifically says, go tell uh, the disciples and Peter. And then Jesus has that conversation with him. You love me, feed my sheep. You love me, tend my sheep. You love me, keep my sheep. Restoring him back to his place of office. Restoring him back to his his position and what he's called, his, his purpose and what he's called to do. God is waiting on that from us. But the heart has to be right. That that having, standing in that guilt, um, not missing the mark when someone comes and 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 shares the word of god with us and say hey this is where you missed it your first reaction might be "Mm, i don't like i don't really like it because it doesn't feel good consider it though Mm -hmm. pray about it salah yeah (laughs) let the let the holy spirit just minister to you Mm mm-hmm on that word, go and study that word, the, what, the scripture that they use. Go and, go and meditate on that scripture and let it minister to you and transform. Amen. And then have the response that you had. What did you say? I'm dead wrong. And it's not. And it's not. <laughs> Fred, we probably have gone over our time this one, but it was a great conversation. And I'm glad it was a little interesting. Uh, you can't, you can't, it's, it's one of those long weeks and you got me at a point where I'm just giddy, but it's just so good. And I love our time together. So Amen. my goodness. 
Good word. So I think you, you know, I pray God just continues to um, minister to you on this. And, and if it's a series and we're, we're back at it next week there, because there just may be more in that we've got to, I think we got to, got to sit on this one yes. for a little bit and um, chew for a yes. while and get all the nourishment out of it. The marrow. The marrow. Amen. All right. Well, I don't know. Can you continue your prayer from earlier? sure will thank you heavenly father you are so gracious you are so good you are so merciful thank you for binding up every wound thank you for receiving our worship thank you for receiving lord god our repentance father god you are not like those little g gods who are never satisfied you were satisfied by your son's death it made peace between you and us. And for that, Father God, we are grateful. We are thankful because you have said, when you look down at us, you see him. You see his Thank sacrifice. Mm. So we know in our heart of hearts that all is well. Father God, we rejoice at knowing that. So even in the moments where we feel the guilt, we feel the shame, we feel the burden of missing the mark. We are encouraged by the fact that, Father God, you made it so that we didn't have to live in it. We didn't have to stay stuck in it. You gave us a way of escape through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. So, Father God, we know now that this freedom is not for us to waste or, or, or to be careless, but this freedom is that we can walk in the purpose and the plans that you have for us so I thank you for being free. And I thank you that freedom reigns in your kingdom. Freedom reigns in your presence. So those that are feeling bound by anything, be it their mistakes, be it a mindset, be it an addiction, whatever it is, Father God, we just declare and decree that they are free. Because, Father God, your truth makes us free. Sometimes we don't know how to be free, but your truth Thank makes you. us free. You lead us into mm -hmm. open pastures. You lead us into wide open spaces, Father God. Even when our mentality is uh, that of slavery back in Egypt. Thank you for leading us, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us new appetites, new desires, mm -hmm. higher appetites and higher desires for the things of your kingdom and to leave the things of this world behind. Father God, you're faithful. You are loving. You are kind. You are good. And we are grateful to call you Father. Be with us as we finish this week, as we finish uh, these last few days before we can be joined together in, in corporate worship once again. I thank you. And it's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's episode. Hey, ladies, if you enjoyed today's convo with Kay and Stephanie, we encourage you to connect with the other awesome women of New Philadelphia Ministries. The third Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m., the women's ministry connects virtually for fellowship and Bible study. And for my ladies between 18 and 30, we have a bonus group just for you. If you're looking for a group of women to do life with, to freely discuss the challenges and rewards that come with keeping the faith and navigating your Christian walk, please join us the second Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m.
We thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. For more information about New Philadelphia Ministries, please connect with us on your favorite podcast platform, Facebook, YouTube, and visit us at newpministries.org.